This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. You're listening to C-Suite Success Radio with your host and executive coach, Sharon Smith. If corporate success is your goal, C-Suite Success Radio offers you informative interviews with experts that will help you shorten your learning curve and accelerate your momentum to higher achievement. C-Suite Success Radio makes it simple and easy for you to tap into the wisdom of other successful business people who know the path you're traveling. If you're ready for success in corporate America, welcome to your new home at C-Suite Success Radio. And now, time for your host and C-Suite executive coach, Sharon Smith. Welcome to this week's episode of C-Suite Success Radio. I am your host, Sharon Smith of C-Suite Results. Each week, we focus on success, a word we all know and something we strive towards, but not a word that's easy to define. All of our topics and guests are aimed to help you achieve the goals you have set for your organization and for yourself as a leader, but more importantly, to help you accelerate the pace of your success. On today's show, we have Deb Creer, a marketing professional, social media advisor, professional speaker, and trainer. Deb's experience includes media and public relations, internal and external communications, crisis management, integrated marketing, campaigns, brand management, website development, and community relations. In 2002, Deb founded Wise Women Communications, an award-winning full-service public relations and marketing firm. Deb is a past president of the Association for Women in Communications, Denver Chapter, and was honored as an Outstanding Women of Achievement by the organization. Deb is also the host of a bi-weekly radio program on C-Suite Radio called the Business Power Hour. As a cancer survivor, Deb doesn't take life for granted and lives her life to the fullest. She's very involved in showing her beagles in dog shows and currently serves as a co-chapter leader for the Atlanta chapter of the CU Boulder Alumni Association. She has an MBA degree with an emphasis in marketing from the University of Colorado and an MS in communication management from Colorado State University. She's lived in Atlanta since 2012, but will always be a Colorado girl at heart. Let's listen to the conversation I had with Deb and learn how she defines success and the lessons she has learned to help you gain the edge you're looking for. Really excited to welcome Deb Creer to the phone today. Deb, welcome. Well, hello, Sharon. Thank you so much for asking me to be on your program. Well, my my honor, honestly. We met just recently down in Atlanta at an event, found out that you yourself were a, a you know a radio show host and a speaker and all things that I'm passionate about and thought it would be excellent to have you on. So I'm glad you're here. Great. Thank you. And I want to start like I start all my calls with you telling us what you're working on or what's exciting you right now, what gets Deb out of bed every morning and rearing to go for the day. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for um, asking me to be on the program. I am so excited because you have such great information and such great guests. I can't wait to have you on my program. Um, So that'll be great fun. What gets me going right now, it's funny, I always tell people, you know, I go through all of these now, what do I want to be when I grow up stages? And I've hit another one of those, you know, what am I going to do next? And what I am leaning towards is really focusing on LinkedIn training. I think more and more people are burned out on social media, especially Facebook with all of the hoorah that's going on there. 
And, you know, but we absolutely still have to connect with people outside of our, you know, close little sphere of influence. And LinkedIn is, is the, the best way to do that. And so that's what I'm trending towards right now is really getting that up and going again. I used to do that. And now I'm ready to, to get back into doing that. So I'm very excited about doing LinkedIn reviews, training, webinars, wherever that may lead me. I think that's really exciting. I love that you said, what do I want to be when I grow up? Because I've had that struggle probably forever, and I'm sure people listening can relate. There are people out there who knew what they wanted to be either when they were young or maybe at, from high school or in college, and they've mm-hmm. always done that job, and they love it, and they're passionate about it, and they're like, I don't understand what you mean. And those I know. Like, those people <laughs> amaze me. I'm like, holy schmoly, you knew yes. when you were six that right. you wanted to do that? <laughs> and my dad's one of those people. It may not have been when mm-hmm. he was six. But he went to, you know, got his degree and then he got his PhD and he's been a university professor since the you know mid 70s and he's going to retire after the fall semester this coming year. But he's been doing it for over 40 years and he loves it. And I'm just like envious of that because I, I, I like I think many people go through these stages like you and I'm glad you brought it up saying, what do I want to do next? How can I reinvent mm-hmm. myself? What, what's next? I'm bored or it's just not right. it's not interesting anymore or it's not relevant anymore, especially mm-hmm. when like you're talking about social media or or marketing, it's always changing. The majority of what I do is cybersecurity and the same thing, it's always changing. There's always a new mm-hmm. attack or there's always a new threat or there's always a new technology. And so it's always changing, but it's what do I want to do with this now? Or do I want to do something more about leadership? And I love that you brought that up. So if you're out there and you're thinking that you're crazy because you're always wanting to do something different. You're not crazy, or maybe you are, and the rest of us are too, and you're not alone at least. <laughs> right. You know, join the rest <laughs> join of us Join the rest crazies. of us crazies. <laughs> exactly. So I love that. Um, and I use LinkedIn the most myself. I'm not a Facebook user other than checking in every now and then to see what other people are doing and kind of mm-hmm. and just kind of poking my head in there, but I don't spend a lot of time there anymore. But LinkedIn, I've really find myself almost addicted, which can be a problem, right, with with social media is we spend right. so much time on there. But I've met amazing people. Actually the first time you reached out to me was via LinkedIn. What do you think people um, who haven't used it professionally or don't really fully understand it yet are missing out on? Tell us a little bit more about why LinkedIn excites you so much. I think so many times people have the impression that it's just for uh, when you want a new job. You know, when you're whether you're just getting out of school, career transition, you know, growing up again, like you said, we you know I'm doing, and. Yeah, we forget that it's a great way to network with people and to really connect with people from you know around the world. And you know, the example you gave was that I reached out to you. You and I attended this conference here in Atlanta, and the organizers in advance had sent out information saying, "Hey, here's some of the great people who will be there," and they had your LinkedIn profile. So I immediately clicked to it, went to it, and did the key. I said, "Hi, Sharon." We're going to be at the same conference. Would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. I didn't just do the standard, I'd like to connect with you because you would have thought, who the heck is this person? (laughs) Um, And so I used it to establish that connection with you before we ever even met. And I think that's one of those things that is, you know, such a a great way to use LinkedIn is to, to connect with people you know, maybe you are in a, in a you know, trying to, to change careers, new job, all those various things. 
But same thing like you and I did, going to a conference, who's going to be there? And I love it when meeting organizers include that information. Sometimes they just do it for the speakers, and that's great. You know, I, I always connect with the speaker in advance, let them know, hey, I'm going to be attending, looking forward to speaking with you. And then when you walk up to them at that event, you can say, hi, I'm Deb Creer. And they go, oh, my gosh, I connected with you on LinkedIn. So it's, it's just that great networking tool and it really is a great networking tool for people who are so incredibly busy because, you know, we don't have time to go networking or we don't really see the need for it anymore or, you know, all these various things. We can spend 15 minutes a day on LinkedIn or, you know, some people say as, as little as five minutes and really make some absolutely fabulous connections that might be valuable today or tomorrow or sometime in the future. I really appreciate that you are talking about the fact that you reached out to me beforehand because I've been in the habit of, after the fact, looking at who the speakers were um, from the agenda or from the what was given to me that day when I sat down at the conference and then reaching out afterwards and thanking them for speaking at the event and asking to connect with them. And I've had some of those folks on the show, which has been amazing, is I've connected with some wonderful speakers from conferences and I've been really excited about that. But what I'm going to take from our conversation today and from what you did is the next conference I go to. I'm going to look to see at least who the speakers are going to be and reach right. out to them ahead of time. I'm speaking at some conferences this year, so it'd be great to connect with other speakers prior mm -hmm. to getting out there um, since the attendee list probably won't be available. But I love that you're sharing that, and I think it's a really brilliant way to just make an easier introduction if you don't like walking up to someone at an event cold and saying, hi, my name is, because that can be really uncomfortable. And I personally am an introvert which means mm -hmm. I can have a great conversation with somebody if the conversation is easy for me. But if I have to walk up to a stranger and just start talking, it's very uncomfortable for me. And I really think anything I can use to my advantage to make that easier. Um, and right. this is a great way to do that. So anyone listening who has that same kind of trepidation I do about walking up to people and saying, hi, you don't know me, but I am so-and-so, this is a great mm -hmm. way to break the ice. So thank you for that information. Well and it is a great way to break the ice because you can look at their profile and, you know, sure, you could look at them on Facebook and, you know, some of the other social media sites as well to get that little nugget. So maybe it's to say, hey, you know, I, I, we went to the same university or a competing university or, oh, my gosh, we, you know, we have friends at the same company, all these various things. I always tell people, let them know that you found that information on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever, so that it doesn't seem like you're stalking them. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, is a, it, it is that great icebreaker to go up and say, oh, my gosh, Sharon, we're both hosts of C-Suite Radio. Isn't that a cool thing? And then you go on from there, um, you know, as opposed to just walking up and, as you said, doing the, the cold handshake of, hi, I'm Deb Creer, and I'd like to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> or telling them all these things you know about them and they just think you're creepy. <laughs> Right, they do. They think you're the stalker, and they're like, okay, must leave now. <laughs> That's funny. Well, this is great. I think this is really helpful for people. Prior to this going back into LinkedIn training, since you were saying what you were, you know, this might be your next, your next thing, mm -hmm. what has it been up till now or the most recent um, iteration, or maybe not the most recent, but your, your most fondest, you know, work that you've been doing over the last few years? You know, I, I absolutely love social media. I think it's a great tool, and I, and I say that, you know, putting it in all caps, all bold, all that good stuff. It's just a tool. It's just a marketing tool, you know, if you're using it as a, a business owner. So I love working with companies to help them use social media as a way to connect with their potential customers, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, you know, whatever the, the sites are, to reach those people. Um, you know, and, and it is, as I said, it's just a tool 
and the reason I did it, I have my own marketing and PR firm. And so it is just something that, that kind of flowed naturally into that. But it's also good for me, especially social media, because I home office. And, you know, sometimes I forget that there are other people out there. So I love using social media in order to keep in touch with business professionals, friends, all those various things. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been focusing on recently, and, and this really does come into to anything that I do, is the concept of storytelling. You know, when we're connecting with people, on, you know, online, in a brochure, on a website, all those various things, we connect with them by telling the stories, and it's so much fun to be able to do that, to take it from I sell this product or service, don't you love it when I do voices, <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, to, hey, here is this, you know, and as opposed to here's this great product that will do this and this and this for you, you tell the story about how it can benefit someone, um, you know, and, and you do it in a way where they're thinking, oh my gosh, wow, that is something that I need without guilting them into it, without making them think, you know, okay, I'll buy it once and I'll never do it again. It's making those human connections with people. And that's what storytelling does. Yeah, there's something um, magical about that. And it's also a gift. I don't think everybody understands it's how to difficult. do it. It's, di it's difficult. I think once you learn, it can get a little easier, but it can be very difficult. So someone like yourself, whether it comes naturally or it's something you've just been doing for a very long time, I can see how that really benefits and helps your clients and the people you're working with when you're able to take what it is they want to get in front of their customers and, and help them tell the story. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. You know, and, and it is about knowing who you're trying to reach and being very specific with that. You know, I always tell people when they, you know, when I'll ask them now, who is your, your perfect client? And they will say everyone. I, and I'm like, no, no, danger, danger. I know. Because it's not. You know, it's, and, and actually the more specific you can get, the better, because then you're not wasting your time. But then you really can target those stories to be very specific, to hit that point of that person's pain, of their search, of their need, of their whatever it is, so that when they read it, they go, wow, that really resonates with me. You know, if, if I'm reading or, you know, watching a, a television commercial, whatever it is, and clearly the audience is, say, you know, a, a, a millennial or a senior citizen or a man or somebody who's not me, obviously, then I tend to ignore whatever it is that they're selling because I think, well, they don't, you know, they don't know who I am. And, you know, that's where it's so important to actually know really specifically who you are trying to reach and target your messages towards them. Now, can you have multiple, you know, target markets? And I hate using those terms because they're not a target. Um, <laughs> but sure, you can. But you really should have one primary. And it's never, ever, 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 never everyone. I I hear you. I've been through that as a, you know, as an entrepreneur myself. And when I first left my job and the, you know having an you know employer and going out on my own, mm -hmm. it was the same thing for me. It was who do you serve? I'm like I can help everyone because right. you can, but you can't market to everyone. You can't reach everyone. It's not the same right. story. And we don't it's want not to the leave money message. on the table by <laughs> by eliminating people. Exactly. You feel if I say 
that I only work with women or I only work with millennials mm-hmm. or I only work with fill in the blank, then the men or the baby boomers or the X gen are going to hear that message and say, oh, well, she can't help me. And mm-hmm. that is scary when you're going right. out on your own because you're thinking, but I can help you. But I've, mm-hmm. I've come around. I do understand. <laughs> I do understand. And I do, um, I do recommend highly that anyone who's in business for themselves or running a business, uh, you know, work with their team and their marketing team and their folks and really understand who is it that we are mm-hmm. targeting targeting so that we can tell right. the right story. I absolutely I, agree with you. The example that I, I frequently use is I was at a networking event and, and this woman was there uh, and she sold skincare products. And we said, you know, who's your target market? Well, everyone has skin, right? So she said, everyone. And none of us could think of somebody that we could refer to her which was really funny because, yes, we all have skin. skin. (laughs) But when she, you know, and and we talked with her, we worked her through this process, and she decided she really wanted to help young men, 16, you know, teenagers who had acne problems. When she got it that fine-tuned, every single person she said, you know, hey, this is what I do, every person said, oh, my gosh, I know somebody that I could refer you to. You know, and, and so not only does it help your marketing, it helps everyone else who are, who want to help you to figure out, oh, okay, here's who we can refer you to. And that's a great point is that in, in that marketing message, that story you're telling, it's not just who it lands on that you're telling, it's who else can refer you business and they can't right. if they don't understand how you help. What I want to do is what I do with all my guests and it always for me is the most fun part of the conversation is mm-hmm. Talk about your definition of success. That's the reason I created the show. I think it's super important for everyone to understand that they have not the right, but they should be creating their own definition and that everybody's is different and that right. they're different at different stages of life. You're, and you could even tell us what your definition definition of success today and how does that differ from maybe 5 or 10 or 15 years ago if you'd be willing mm-hmm. to d- go back sure. into the way back machine and think about I what know. it was back then. <laughs> Well, we'll put on that when I wasn't <clears throat> gray-haired, <you know? laughs> even though I'm not now. I was going to say, you know, I don't remember you having hairdresser. gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it definitely has changed through the years. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because I think when we get out of college, our definition of success is financial. You know, that, that really is one of the, the key things. And, and clearly, you know, that, that always is going to play into it. But, you know, we were taught, and especially my generation, you had to immediately get married. You had to have kids. And so our definition of success was kind of what was forced onto us. And so I love the fact that as we get older, you know, as you said, we all develop our own uh, concepts of what success is. And mine has definitely changed in the last couple of years. I had shared uh, this with you um, before we did the program that I was diagnosed three years ago with breast cancer. It was one of those, hey, it's going to be easy to treat, and then, gosh, turned out not to be. And, and we had all sorts of you know, complications. You know, I, I basically lost two years out of my life, all these various things. So before then, success for me was financial. It was being recognized when I walked into a room, having people you know, refer to me all the time, all those really big things. And to be honest, some days success for me is making it through the day without taking a nap. I've learned to appreciate the much smaller things, but to me, they're much more important now. Uh, you know, it, it was funny. I was tinkering on my website yesterday, 
and had spent hours, literally hours, trying to figure out one tiny little thing. Now, that's just absolutely stupid. I should have paid somebody to do it because, you know, our time is valuable, but I, I had to do it myself. You know, we all get into those situations. And when I finally figured it out, that was like pop the champagne cork time. <laughs> you know? I hear you. And yeah, I mean, it's, and I think that's one of the things that we get caught up in is we think success has to be big. And sometimes it really is just the, oh my gosh, I figured out what, what text I need to put in this field to make the website work. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure you know, I've been there. The little things make us so happy now. <laughs> yes, that HTML code, I got it right. Yes, it worked. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. No, but what I like about what you're saying is some days it's just getting through the day without taking a nap is success. Mm-hmm. I have those days too. But the reason I like that is daily successes could be different from your overall right. end goals. Mm-hmm. There, There's all right. these – success isn't just one thing. It can mm-hmm. be a financial goal because of family and other things you want to mm-hmm. take care of. But it's also those little things uh, that during the day and – during the week or outside of just this one thing that people sometimes focus on. And if they're not successful in that, they feel like a failure when in reality, there's all these other little successes along the way that they're not paying attention to. And we do have to have those long-term goals. I mean, you know, those the, the launching a new website, you know, getting my LinkedIn program up and running, all of those various things. But it is, it's the combination of the little and the big things. And I think that is where people get caught up is they think, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't, you know, I'm I'm not the person, you know, I, I always love the question, where do you want to be in five years? You know, whether you're applying for a job or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Thank and you. I didn't know that before I got sick. You know, and, and so we all have those stupid answers, right? Where, well, I would like to be the most successful salesperson at your company <laughs> or whatever it was, because of course, you know, you wanted that job. So you were <laughs> going to tell them, you certainly weren't going to tell them, well, hey, I'm going to quit and run my own business. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes success is, you know, it's, it's the little thing. Things, but we do have to have those big goals in mind. Otherwise, we're just kind of blundering through life. Absolutely. And I think there is also a difference between having goals and defining success. Be- right. Because you can have a goal, and at the end of all the work towards the goal, if you don't reach the goal, or is it not a success? It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, cause right. Especially if you define success as something other than the end goal. Goals are absolutely right. important, but I think a lot of people confuse goals and success um, mm-hmm. as the same thing. Right. You might have figured out through that process, ooh, I really don't want to do that, or that's not going to work, or whatever it is. So you, you're successfully transitioning into something different. I would have to agree with that. So I've had things that didn't go well or didn't work out, or things that you thought would last forever that didn't. And in them ending, you realize once you get over the fact that maybe you're sad for a little bit or disappointed, that it was a blessing, whether you want to mm-hmm. use that spiritually, religiously, or just metaphorically, in disguise, and that things right. are now better, and a better opportunity showed up. And it's mm-hmm. just amazing what can happen when you let go of the disappointment because if it didn't work out, maybe that's meant to be. Maybe it happened for a reason. If that's cliche, I don't know. But I do truly believe in a lot of that when things don't go as planned. I got stuck behind a truck yesterday because he couldn't drive and he was trying Mm -hmm. to make a turn on a tight street. And I was getting a little frustrated like everyone else waiting for this truck and who wouldn't stop and let us around him. And and Mm -hmm. when it was all said and done, when I got to where I was going, about a half mile from there, there was a parking spot right out front on a, you know, in a busy town that would be middle of the morning. People are already at Mm -hmm. work. There shouldn't be a street spot. Would that spot have been there if that truck hadn't gotten in my way? I don't know. But mm-hmm. I like to think that, you know, the whole process got me that spot. 
<laughs> right, right. Well, and we do get caught up in, in all of those situations. And, and you know, as, as I mentioned, my philosophy has changed, you know, be, being so sick because, you know, I have learned to, you know, change my expectations. Uh, you know, my life definitely is not the way that I had planned on it to be. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on surgery number 10. Holy wow. schmoly. Um, you know, I, I glow in the dark from all of the, the uh, <laughs> tests and things that I've had. Would I not do it? Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's just kind of one of those silly questions. But at the same point, I have great new friends. I have people who support me that I didn't even think knew I existed. Some of the people that I thought were really good friends have dropped off the face of the earth. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, they maybe they couldn't handle all of this, or it was just time for that friendship to, to mm-hmm. go by the wayside. Great new business connections. I mean, that's the really weird thing about some of this is you make new business connections. And I tell people you have to get used to what is the new normal yeah. or the normal, as I, <laughs> as I call it. And, and then I discovered that's a Garfield character, but that's all right. I can still be normal. Um, and, and it really is one of those things where if something doesn't go the way you want it, you have to mourn it. I mean, you know, let, let's, let's be honest about that. And, and, yes, I have pity parties. I mean, you know, there are days where I think really – what the heck did I do to deserve this? But then you go on from it, you know, and, and you learn, okay, you know, this, this is my new normal, and how are we going to go on from there? And, and you know, for some people, and, and it's funny, I've had people who have said, you know, oh, you've had such big and horrible things happen to you. You're my hero. You're all of these things. Well, for some, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's great, and I am honored by that, and, and I don't want to downplay that. It, it is kind of a little weird sometimes, but... For some people, you know, the, a tiny little thing can be so big. And, and so that's one of the things I've learned is to not judge. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like just because oh, I've been through this big tragedy doesn't mean that somebody else's is lesser or not as important to them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's being patient and, and seeing if I can help them. And if not, well, you know what, then, then we just go on too. A lot of times I talk with guests about failures and obstacles. Obviously, getting sick is not a failure. It's not something that you went, you know, tried something and, and failed. It's not, it's not the right terminology. It's definitely an obstacle that you've been through, mm-hmm. and you're talking about that with yeah. us. But when it does come to failure, how do, you, how do you define a failure? What is a failure for you? It would be probably more of a business. It could be in life. Um, right. But what, what does that look to, like to you? To me, a failure is when something happens that you didn't plan on, and basically, you don't learn from it, ah. you know, and, and so, you know, we, and we all have failures for, you know, whatever reason, we need to learn from them and go on. Maybe it's that we learn, oops, don't do that again, being bad, <laughs> or, you know, uh, whatever it is, business, personal, you know, all those various things. If we don't learn from it, then I do see it as a failure. And that's, that's kind of, you know, where it is. And, and it's yeah, hopefully we don't have many failures because we do learn from things. Sometimes we don't. I mean, you know, how many times have we made that same stupid mistake over and over again for whatever reason? It, it's, you know, but if we can learn from it, then it's not a failure. Is there something for you that took longer to learn from than you would have liked looking back on it? So at the time, maybe it was a failure because you didn't learn from it then, but now you have gone back and you've learned from it. You know, it's it's kind of what I alluded to when I was talking about my you know, working on my my website. It takes me a long time, and it still does. But I finally have figured out that this is something that I need to do. I can't do everything, 
and I think as sometimes as a small business owner, we do get caught up in that. We, we have to be perfect. We have to do everything. We can't admit that we don't know how to do something. And I'm not always really big on delegating because, you know what, the only way it can be done right is if I do it that way. <laughs> and, you know, and, and when I finally did figure out, okay, somebody else can do it, might not be done the same way that I will do it, but if it gets done in the, the, by the end, then it's okay. You know, it's in, and so to let go of things, and that really is hard for me to do mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I have my way to do things. I mean, okay, great example, the dishwasher. My husband will not load it the way I like. <laughs> so I can either, <laughs> I can either reload it, which, uh, yeah, I, I normally do, or I can figure, you know what, the dishes are still going to get clean. Let it go. <laughs> I have a feeling. And, and I, I have a we feeling. all have those things, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, how can you not do this this way? <laughs> yes. And I have a feeling anyone listening who lives with a significant other or a child or somebody can right. relate to, why would you mm-hmm. do it that way? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's the right way. Why can't they do it the right way? Yes. And that is, I think that's one of the hardest things for me to let go of is somebody else's way can also be the right way. I think that's a great point, especially for leaders who are either leading a team or an organization, a business, themselves, their family. Everyone leads. It just depends on mm-hmm. who you're leading, right. how you're leading, how well you're leading. But to understand that people will do things differently, but to give them the opportunity to show you that it will get done and the result mm-hmm. is what matters. The how right. they get there doesn't, right? We right. all, my parents will argue about which way is faster to get to point B in town. It's not a big town either. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad will say, turn right. My mom would say, well, we are, go left. And, <laughs> right. and it does, does it matter if you end up mm-hmm. where you need to end up when you need to mm-hmm. end up there? And I think that's a great point for anyone listening that, there's lots of ways to get to the end goal as long as everyone understands what the end should look like and right. what, what constitutes the, of the final you know, end product. There's lots of ways to get there um, mm-hmm. and, to, you know, and to let people learn and be themselves and, and get there the way that's honest and authentic for them. Well, and how many times when we have done that have we ourselves learned something and gone, oh, my gosh. I wish I'd known about that or, you know, it would have saved me time, saved me energy, all these various things. And so that's the important thing, too, is to be open to what they're doing. Absolutely. I've learned that my boyfriend cooks differently than I do, just in the way Mm -hmm. he prepares things and everything. And so the first few times when we were first living together and he would be in the kitchen and I kind of get a little anxiety (laughs) watching him in the kitchen and it's not a big apartment. So it's kind of hard not to, you know, see what he's doing. And then I finally Mm -hmm. started to back off more and more. And he is a good cook. He doesn't Mm -hmm. cook as often as I do. I'm just home more. Um, but he really makes a mean meal. Everything he cooks turns out really wonderfully. So I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you do it however you want. Right, yeah, I know I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to turn out well. I may find it yep. strange, but that's all good. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely hear you. In all of this, whether it was business or the cancer and life and love and marriage and everything that you know you go through to get to a stage of life, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? To take things one day at a time, but to plan ahead, which sounds really bizarre. Um, You know, I have learned, and especially from being so sick, is you truly have to appreciate today. You know, I I love it when people post, you know, and I see this frequently on Facebook, what are you happy for today? And I'm like, I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great one. And, And so there is, but you also have to plan ahead, especially 
as a business person. You know, one of the things that, you know, that, that initially happened to me was I, I had what they call catastrophic complications and was in the hospital for seven weeks. Seven weeks, they don't like it when you take up residence in a hospital for, for that long. And I had clients that I needed to be taking care of, you know, all these various things. And so I needed to have a system in place where if something happened, somebody else could take over and do it. Now, you know, it, it all worked out well. Every, you know, obviously people understood that, that things happened, but still, you know, their business needs done. I mean, you know, and, and so, you know, to, to have those procedures in place, to not operate in this vacuum, you know, because you also want to go on vacation mm-hmm. and, you know, do these other things. So you need to be able to, to do things. I mean, you know, a simple example of that was I'm the person in our household who pays all the bills. And when I could not even communicate with my husband, he did not know how to log into my computer to pay our bills. You know, he didn't know where the passwords were. He didn't know any of that. That's just silly. You know, you need those things, whether it's your business, you know, somebody in your business needs to know how to log into your bank account. You know, all these various Facebook has, you know, this feature now where you have it so that a friend can log into your account if, oh. you know, if something happens, you know, all these various things. So it's, it is about, you know, enjoy the day, but recognize that, you know, there are some things that, that you, you have to plan for. I like that. You know, absolutely one day at a time and, and living in the moment. My new my new uh, planner, I do still like a written planner, and I keep going through different ones to find the one I like mm-hmm. the most. My current one, I like the thing I like about it the most is there's a place in it for my uh, you know, three gratitudes from the morning and three in the evening. And, mm-hmm. you know, wins from the day and lessons learned. And it's just a nice Ooh, way. I love to, that. It's really nice. I can plan the day, mm-hmm. but I can also reflect on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can plan ahead, but I can also take it one day at a time. I can learn from the day. I can what worked, what didn't work, which I think is so important. I talk about that mm-hmm. a lot is we have to not just focus on what's going well. Right. But we have to look at what's not working so that we mm-hmm. can do it better. Or the opposite, some people only focus on what's not working and they live in this place of everything's not working when there's lots of things that are going well. Mm -hmm. And if we can look at what's working and we can do more of that, then the things that aren't working should start to fade away a little bit. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that, you know, the one day at a time, but plan ahead. So was that something, advice that you were given at some point? Was that something you figured out on your own? How did that come about for you? I've probably been told it many times. Um, you know, in, in one of my past lives, I worked for the American Cancer Society and I worked for an oncologist. So I worked with people who really did have that philosophy. But, you know, we all think, yeah, yeah, whatever. We're indestructible. You know, we can do that tomorrow, next year, you know, right. whatever it is. And, you know, and, and maybe it does, you know, the, the planning ahead does come back to the, you know, I'm the boss, I'm the only person, you know, all of these things. So it's maybe it's it is unfortunately one of those things that we have to learn because of the circumstance. But you know it, it is it, it's it's a simple thing, but it's very difficult. Um, you know, and 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 it is you know it, it, you hate to say you know you've you've learned from being very sick, but yeah you know somebody actually asked my husband the other day what he learned from me being so sick. And one of the things that he told them was patience, mm. which I just absolutely cracked up at because I still say he's the most impatient person in the world. <laughs> but he told me what he and, – and he didn't realize I could hear him. I'd gone – you know, I'd, I'd walked away for a moment. And, and so what he was telling them was he has learned to be more patient with me because I need to nap, because, you know, all these various things, you know, and, and um, you know, it, so it's it, – 
Unfortunately, I think in in a lot of things with life, we learn them because we're forced to. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we can read the books, we can see the pithy memes on Facebook, you know, whatever. We can go to all these seminars where we're told these things. And until we actually have to do it, we don't do it. No, it's interesting. I, I agree with what you're saying. There's so many times that you have to learn things for yourself or hear them over and over and right. over again before mm-hmm. you finally say, you know what, this is the third, fifth, tenth time I've heard this thing from different people, right. not just from the same Maybe person. Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> exactly. If the same person's telling me the same thing over and over again, it's easy to roll mm-hmm. my eyes. But when I start to hear the same or similar thing from different mm-hmm. people, I go, oh, we're on to something here. So what I do hope is that people listening tune in and check out different shows and listen to other audiences and check out Deb's mm-hmm. Deb's show, Business Power Hour, because you're going to learn things there too. But you will start to see a theme because when you start to talk to successful people, and again, the definition of what a successful person is may be varied, but someone who you know has gotten to a point where they have something to share, mm-hmm. a lesson to learn, or a lesson to teach, you'll start to see a lot of similarities. There's clues being left behind by those ahead of you. So there's, um, if we follow those clues, we may start to say, oh, wait, I see the connection here. So I appreciate what you're sharing. And take little things from them. You know, it might be that you can't, you you can't, you won't, you don't want to do all of the things, but like, oh, wow, there's that that one little thing that I can do that they're suggesting that, that is perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like for me, there's certain things I do that might be a smaller version of what other people suggest, right? Mm-hmm. I Like for me, I want to meditate and I try to meditate daily. It's not something that has really stuck with me consistently yet, but I'm just going for 10 minutes, right? right? I'm not going for 30 or not, nothing crazy like that. Even just reading every day, 30 minutes mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just little things. And I'm like, okay, this is what I can accomplish. This is what's in my right. bandwidth or my attention span or the time I have. And a lot of times I think we just chalk things up to, I can't do that because I don't have time mm-hmm. when it's, right. you do have time for some of it. You may mm-hmm. not have time to go to the gym for an hour, but you have time to take a 10 minute stroll around the office or whatever mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. might be. So I think that's a great point. I appreciate you sharing well, that. And it comes back to exactly what we were saying at the start of the program. We have to define success our own way. You yes. know, so success might be going up and down the stairs five times as opposed to taking the hour long walk. Um, you know, define it in the way that works best for you. Absolutely. And it's not just one thing that's going to be success. There's multiple things that are going to be successful. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not just one definition necessarily, because there could be the daily successes like you were talking about, and there could be the project-based successes and the final Mm -hmm. outcome type successes or goals like we were talking about. So I think that's, yeah, that's a a great point. Let's switch gears a little bit. We only have a little bit of time left, but I'd Mm -hmm. love you to tell us about what you're doing when you're not working. What, What do you do for fun? You know, I do some really weird things. Um, One of the things that that I got into when I married my husband, which has now been almost 25 years, is the dog show world, Ah, which is just the strangest thing in the world. We have (laughs) beagles and we show dogs. And, uh, you know, we we do it for fun. We're not these people that are, you know, the the wackadoodles of the – I shouldn't say wackadoodles. Well, you know, it is kind of like a beauty pageant. So you do have people who, oh, my gosh, that, you know, they they do get so caught up in it. Mm -hmm. But – it's you know, we we love going to the shows and seeing the people um but I, I also manage a lot of the the big shows a lot of our big national mm. shows so that's always a lot of fun but really weird i mean you know really how many people do dog shows um you know i love to read that's one of the things that i like to do and and part of what i do now is is i just sit and relax you know we mm-hmm. we get so caught up in i have to do i have to do i have to do i have to do we forget that 
we need time for ourselves just to sit and have a the glass of wine on the back deck or, or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that, that I am always very passionate about, University of Colorado graduate living here in Atlanta, eek. Um, but, you know, I am, a, I am a buff through and through, and so always getting involved in, in whatever I can with uh, the Alumni Foundation, um, all these various things. It, it's it's just fun, you know. We, I like college sports, and and it's really a lot of fun to to be able to do what we can with sports, with you know alumni, all those various things. You know what I'm hearing, what I'm taking from what you're saying, what I'm hearing is it's so important to have that balance, and it can't always right. be about work and goals and things that are mm-hmm. work related, but having successes and goals and, and things outside of work that are mm-hmm. that ground you or that you enjoy right. are just as important because if we're mm-hmm. all work and no play, right? We mm-hmm. we all know right. what that what that how that ends. Um, but I love what you're saying. And sometimes it is just the simple things. I came into June thinking to myself, I just need to be happier and mm-hmm. I need to be more positive. Because I'd been just kind of in a funk. It happens to everybody. And I was just in a funk right. for whatever reason in May. I don't know why. And I came into June going, all right, I'm just, I'm going to look at things differently. I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to spend more time on the, my spiritual side. Um, and, mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like for everybody is going to be mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And it's only a couple days into June. And the results of that have been extraordinary. I've right. had some invitations for speaking. I've had things show up that I wasn't even planning for. Uh, the parking spot yesterday, <laughs> little, right. you know, mm-hmm. just these little things, meeting new people. And I know it's those only show up when I'm in that place. And I have to mm-hmm. remember that that's something I have to actually plan for and do as well. It doesn't, right. it doesn't just happen for whatever reason. We seem mm-hmm. to be more wired to be automatically disgruntled versus automatically happy. Yeah. But when we focus on it, I take the time and, and put the time aside to say, I'm going to spend a little time every day reading or meditating or whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's listening to music or taking a walk, um, mm-hmm. sitting outside, whether it's a glass of wine or a cup of tea and whatever that looks like. I think it's so important uh, showing dogs, which has got to have a very interesting subculture. I can only it's imagine. It's very bizarre. I can only imagine. <laughs> now, do, are you the person who runs around with the dog or do you have someone do no, that for you? I'm, I'm the person that sits outside the ring and laughs. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I was only going to say this if you weren't the person <laughs> running the dogs. Yeah. Why do you the, know, on, on the rare times where I'm actually in... In there, the judge is usually saying, "Young lady, you're supposed to be over there." Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I, you know, I'm, I've been doing this 25 years. You think I would know where I'm supposed to be? But no, um, you know, and and you know, but yeah, I'm I am the the designated outside the ring person. So the, um, the reason know. I asked where you were because before I ask this next question is mm-hmm. why when women run their dogs, are they required to wear the ugliest suits on the planet that are the oh, most unflattering gosh. things? And they're long and you're wearing flats, so their calves look really, like, bunchy right. and short. Yeah. And I know it's about the dog, but these are the most, these are the ugliest suits in the planet. <laughs> and here you are on television, and all people can see are your legs right. anyway. I is know, that a rule? What is that? Oh, it's, you know, they're, they're actually, there's not a dress code, but, you know, women, and, and I don't know why it's the skirts, because when I, you know, if I'm actually forced to show for whatever reason, I will, I will wear pants. That's just me. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a, a skirt person, so I will wear a suit or something like that. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, and, and obviously you want to wear flats because you are sure, running, and so you don't want to, you know, go you know, <laughs> tripping, tripping over yourself. But, yeah, it's like, oh, my gosh, and, okay, I'm just going to be really catty. <laughs> I'm like, folks, 
make sure the clothes fit. And that's just kind of an ongoing thing that we all laugh about. I'm like, okay, you know, really, really. Um, but, you know, and, 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 it, and it is about the dog. You know, you shouldn't have this, you know, $500 suit on. But, yeah, it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, I remember it, we're really going to digress here. I went to a dog show many years ago, and there was a rather large woman showing this dog. And she had on a black and white polka dot dress, and she was so- showing a Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog disappeared when it was in front of her. It was like, oh my oh, gosh. Um, but but yeah, it's. But you know, I mean, we we, we kind of laugh about this. We see this all the time, where it's like, oh my god, what the heck is that person wearing? Um, you know, and and it's like, oh, you know, and and I've I've decided, you know, let it go, let it go. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Of course but, not. But it's um, funny it's to like, me. Still, it's like, oh really, really? Did you look in the mirror before you walked out? <laughs> it just seems like there must be some like gathering that everyone has before the dog show and they go out and find the ugliest suit possible that's the most unflattering and I've never seen a woman show with pants so it's interesting that you said that mm-hmm. and I've never really had a conversation with someone who shows dogs so I just can't help but ask that question so yes it's, it was a yeah. major digression um, but mm-hmm. I enjoy I, know. I really <laughs> wanted to ask <laughs> the question what C-suite people really wanted to know about right <laughs> <laughs> you never know you never know but with that we are coming to the end of our time together is there one last piece of advice information um wisdom that if we're if the listener out there is the next generation our up-and-coming leaders or about to take on a new position or looking for their next you know leap into a new leadership position that you would want to leave them with you know I, I thank you again sharon for having me on the program this really has been delightful can't wait to have you on my program um, the advice that I would give is for people to, to never think you are in this alone. Um, you know, obviously it's C-suite people that we're primarily talking to, but that can be a person who, who is the one-person business up to, you know, the, the C-suite of, you know, thousands of employees. We tend to think we're in a silo. Get out of that. You know, whether you're connecting with people online, you know, in, in mastermind groups, all these various things – you're not alone. You know, reach out, look for their wisdom, you know, all these various things, and really figure out, you know, not only how you can, you know, learn from them, but who can you help also? Because other people are struggling too. They're trying to figure out how do I fix my WordPress website or, you know, whatever right. it is. But, you know, you're not in this alone. You, there's, there's always somebody out there that you can connect with. I appreciate that. I I think that's a really good piece. And like you said, whether it's one person who's running their own business and they're at it alone, whether they're a big organization, whether it's someone who's just graduating from college and may have their eye on a leadership position, whether it's C-suite or not, it's the same idea is that you're never alone. Someone else has already done it. Find a mentor, find a group, um, just get online and, and find the videos of the people that are talking about what it is that connects with you that you can learn from and just keep learning right always 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 keep learning absolutely well thank you so much deb i'm going to make sure that our listeners have all your contact information linkedin your website your show it'll be in the show notes so if you're listening right now please check out deb's information and reach out to her if you have questions about linkedin or workshops or any of what she's up to she's a speaker a trainer doing a lot of great things so please check her out connect with her on linkedin And uh, thank you so much. I look forward to being on your show as well and looking forward. I'll be in Atlanta twice soon. I will let you know. Yep, I'll let you know when I'm down there, and hopefully we can meet up. That would be excellent. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you. Take care. 
Thanks for listening today. Tune in for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can get more resources at www.c-suiteresults.com. Make it a successful day. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.